Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Welcome to Pint Glass Preachers. As always, with you tonight are your hosts, Tom, Gabe, and Josh. Thanks for joining us. You know what? Before we go any further, we have a confession. We understand that our last few episodes have been few and far between, and we really don't have an excuse. It's it's just bad. And we know this. We've taken a, taken a look at the man in the mirror, and we realize that we have a high bar to meet, and we want to beat it. But it isn't just a black and white issue to solve. We have to work hard because we know that this podcast has the power to heal the world. And if we don't, we set a dangerous precedent. But we have been doing this for a while now, so we know that we can do this. It's as easy as ABC123. Or maybe I should count that back the other way. So three, two, one, ignition. (laughs) How many Michael Jackson references did you have in there? Oh, I know, man. It's got to be like, was it like five? Okay, let's let's go back. Let's go back. So, okay. bad. Check. Man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat it. Yep. Black and white. Uh, heal the world. Dangerous. Dude. And then ABC one two three. Yeah, right, right, dude. Wait, but-, but can you take credit for generic words that just happen to also be titles to Michael Jackson songs? Like, yes. words like yes, I can. Yeah. That's like how he, he put them in there on purpose. He could have said terrible, but he chose to say bad because yes. that's the name of the song. No, and, I think it's... And did you realize... Art. Did you see how he took ABC123 and then transitioned that right into a different rapey kind of artist to Ignition? <laughs> Okay, come on. <laughs> oh, we're just going to jump we're in. We're diving in. I guess here okay. we go. All right. Okay. Uh, hey, okay. everyone. Yeah. Here you well, go. Friends, uh, so here's some news. Uh, so we actually recorded this episode a long time ago. And then uh, Josh – now, actually, I was about to be really mean to him. Just so everyone knows, Josh does literally all of the work for this podcast. Finally. Uh, Tom and I show up. Finally. And flap our lips. Josh does all the editing, uh, the very little promoting we do, um, Gabe, and he hold posts on, wait, it. Let me stop. And you. he hosts it. Hold on, Gabe. Okay. I appreciate. I appreciate finally, finally a little bit of recognition for all the work that I do. But as a man of integrity, I'm gonna just take the hit and bite the bullet, just like when I got kicked off of Twitter. And so, I publicly <laughs> repent to all listeners of Pine Class Preachers that I failed in both action and recording to faithfully record the last episode per the office of doing everything person for pine class preachers. <laughs> and from here on out, I will officially close down any accounts that would cause offense to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever talked about you having to shut down your Twitter account on here? I, I feel like we have, but we talk about it a lot. Cause we just kind of make fun of it. Yeah. Should we? So I mean, I don't, uh, can we? It's on you. It's your time. Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. It's water under the bridge. Here. Is it on a Paul Simon take, song or whatever? 
Here, I, I will I will recap it and then we're gonna move on. Like okay. A bridge over Listeners, we just hit our quota for Gabe and Josh singing poorly on our podcast. So here's what I was happened. Just taking like, your cue, Tom, and trying to pick up on this whole like, let's just quote lyrics to songs. Nope, that's terrible. All right. So I uh, several years ago, Josh had a Twitter account and he was uh twittering all sorts of things. There were, you know, factual statements like there's bad things happening in the social justice world, and maybe we should think about some of these things. And our good synod, the LCMS, said, hey, uh, some people are getting offended because you're speaking truth about how uh, how these things have, have manifested themselves over the last couple hundred years. And so uh, we'd like you to shut down your Twitter account. And at first, Josh was like, well, that seems like going against my... First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, whatever rights. Um, and they said, no, you have to shut it down. So they did. And that's uh, that's why Josh no longer has Twitter. So true. do not tweet at Bearded Watchman. You won't get it's a gone. response. It's gone. It's gone. Say la vie. It's a bummer. At any rate, uh, so gents, we, you know, let's real quick. So the reason uh, Tom made so many Michael Jackson references and then uh, – really use some graphic language we did not give any trigger warnings or anything um, we're gonna get our first explicit content in itunes yeah. land Eddie, thanks tom Eddie, we've been looking for I'm not, um, sure, I'm not sure the rapey word is gonna get us again. tom again yeah, no. please please tom <laughs> hey right uh we are talking about uh separating the art from the artist whether or not you can do it uh, we certainly live in a time in which uh many uh powerful people who've created things or, or done things that, that we know of and perhaps have celebrated. And then it's come to find out that they were really kind of creepy scumbags that did terrible things to people. Uh, what do we do with their work? What do we do with what they've done? And so uh, we're going to talk about that today and figure out uh, what, what we do. So well, um, before we do that though, I mean, we, we, we've kind of, I feel like we're missing our, our, our big deal. Like what are we drinking? This is true. I'm going uh, to start to, I just just brought down to me. Uh, I have Kirkland Signature London Dry Gin. Uh, Costco's gin, legendary. We've probably talked about it a lot on the pod, uh, but it deserves to be brought up again. Uh, it's a great bottle, and I'm enjoying it. Not even on the rocks, just straight up. Oh, wow. All right. Anyone else drinking anything? Yes. Yeah, so I... Oh, Tom. Okay, you, go, you go, Josh. You go. No, this is awkward. Now you go. All right, fine. So tonight I actually have beer, which is kind of a weird thing. But I uh, recently was in Wisconsin, and we've talked about New Glarus Brewing Company before. I've probably talked about this beer before, but I am drinking a Moon Man. It is delicious. It's one of my, I would say, top three, top three beers. I love it. Moon Man's great. New Glarus. Wisconsin's Wait, I've never finest. heard of the Moon Man. Describe that to me. What what style is it, Tom? It is a no coast pale ale, and so it's got just a little bit of hop. Uh, it's really smooth, especially when it's cold. Uh, it goes down nicely. It's it's a great beer. So, oh, well, uh, I'm not drinking a beer tonight. I know normally I support my local grocery store, uh, Growler Fill Station, but instead, uh, Chattanooga Whiskey Company. I, I've I've had them, uh, or I've I've had them on the podcast before, but here tonight is a special day because as soon as Tennessee changed the law that they were allowed that we were allowed to brew high malt whiskey in the state of Tennessee. They got right to it, and now, almost seven years later, 
we have the first bottles rolling off the shelves of a brand new product from the Chattanooga Whiskey Company. And so this is their recipe number 91. It's also 91 yes, proof. Yes, I am excited about this. What is it called? Ooh, wow. it's just called Chattanooga Whiskey Straight Bourbon Whiskey number 91. Because it's 91 proof. Also because it was the 91st recipe. They actually, there's like 111 that they're selling right now too. There, a lot of recipes they went through to find the signature bourbon that they were going to offer to the market and this is it and it's quite delicious very smooth not uh not too heavy okay not too i don't know i'm not really a bourbon aficionado i don't really know how to describe this thing can we it talk about the amazing. important thing do we all get through our drinks okay Here's no what's, what, what's important. important is that we start talking about our favorite drink rosé and josh yes. i think you have we have some some texts yes we do and and to this mystery texter i don't have your contact info in my phone but you always come through with a classy rosé reference not just one this time but two first of all whoever you are that texted in about it is a 12 pack of smirnoff smirnoff spiked sparkling seltzers wow that's a tongue twister it is and it's described as four ways to rosé there's raspberry rosé pink apple rosé white peach rosé and strawberry rosé i'm pretty sure gabe literally vomited when he saw that text message but then you followed it up with and this is i was quite shocked by from a rocky mountain rosé from avery brewing company now avery brewing company has very very good quality beer and yet, I'm not oh, going to lie, slightly disappointed that they came out with the Rocky Mountain Rosé. So whoever you are, Mystery Rosé Texter, we thank you for texting in these joyous delights and discoveries when it comes to the Rosé world. And for the rest oh. of you, feel free to text us at 612-208-6258. Uh, also, Mystery Texter, I know who you are and uh, real excited to see you play bass this Sunday. You're going to do great. Oh, wait. Wait, they play bass at your church? They do. Well, that kind of ruins the whole surprise then. We know who this is. I I, I told you that 20 minutes ago off air. We I were said, supposed I to know try to know we were going to keep it a mystery for the listeners. Name. It was supposed to be, oh my it's gosh. It's still a mystery for the listeners. Oh, is it really? Because now they, what, what impetus do they have to even continue listening to the mystery texter when they know that you know this person? <laughs> well, you don't know this person. And neither do our him. listeners. You know what? Fine. I'm going to yep. name him. I'm going to name him right now. No, this person could be walking amongst them right now, just taking pictures of Rosé, drinking Rosé. Rick or Hook or whatever your camp name was. (laughs) It's Rook. (laughs) Just combine them. Uh, Rick and Hook. Hook. Hey, speaking of Rick, we got a text from our good friend. We got to move along. Uh, Speaking of Rick, we got a a text from our good friend, Ricky, uh, who was uh, sent a very... uh, endearing message uh is glad to have us back we're glad to be back ricky thanks for the kind words man we are we're glad to have you as a listener i uh, really appreciate it and uh he talked about uh, sharing the frustration of the the paradox of simple and complex faith and and how we uh we find ourselves in this con um in this sort of conflicted thing when there's richness and depth to our faith uh and then at the same time uh there's some like really simple truths to it and, and kind of navigating that well and, and how we do that so uh, all I have to say, Ricky, thanks for reaching out, man. We love to hear from you and encourage you to, to keep reaching out. We had one other uh, text that we had responded to in the episode that Josh forgot to record properly. Forgot sorry, to record. Bro. I'm sorry. Just continue to heap shame upon me. Anyway, our good friend Amax or Aaron Mueller uh, sent us a really thoughtful uh, text around um, just how we're approaching 
uh, the topics that we approach, um, how that fits in with with the church's approach, uh, different scriptural. I mean, he was coming at it from all different angles. It was basically the smartest thing we've ever read. Um, and so uh, to you, Aaron, we appreciate your texts and and helping us think uh, a little deeper about, about the things that we're talking about. So thank you very much. Uh, we are going to get out of here for no, our quick break. No, we have one more, Tom. We have one more. We have one more? Yes, from a good friend and good listener of the pod in Chicago. or you say one, Shaw City? Or as uh, one professor at seminary used to overpronounce it, Chicago. Uh, is, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Gabe. Is sure our, our good friend Eric Hawley, who commented after listening to, I don't even remember what episode we did this, but I do recall saying this. This was a while ago. Yeah, whatever. He says, y'all rag on Tom so hard laughing crying emoji he describes his wine a little awkwardly and you go great contribution tom i laughed so hard <laughs> you know what eric we hope that we can continue to rag on tom and bring all of you good laughs and good times so now we can go to a break and when yep. we come back we'll pray that tom does not use offensive language like rapey All right, welcome back. Uh, we are going to jump into our topic here. And as we've kind of uh, joked around a little bit about, we've talked about in our intro, uh, we are talking about uh, kind of separating the art from the artist tonight. And uh, from from the very beginning, we started talking about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. And I think at the outset of this, uh, of this conversation, you need to know that from the three of us, uh, we're going to be having a discussion tonight about about things that people have done that are absolutely horrific. And uh, in this in this discussion, we'll be playing devil's advocate. We will be taking different points of view. And so we want you to know that from all three of us, we do not condone the actions of Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, um, the Catholic Church, Nazis, all the people that we're going to be talking about tonight. But for the sake of this conversation, we are going to be talking about like the gray areas within this, where it might be acceptable, where it might not be, to engage in the art uh, of what they did. So we want to say that take, not that there's gray areas in their actions is there's yeah. gray areas in how we respond to the work they've created. Yes. And so, you know, the very first discussion is, okay, I've been hearing a lot of discussion lately about Michael Jackson and R Kelly and people saying, I'm just, I refuse to listen to their music anymore because of the horrific acts that they have done. And yeah. that's fine. That's their that's their prerogative. And they can do that. There are some people who are like, hey, it doesn't even matter. Like, I like their music. It doesn't matter that, you know, that they were this type of person. There's people in the middle who feel kind of squeamish. They really like the music, but they also understand the person really bad. And so, like, what do you, what do, you do about that? And they're in this tension. And that's kind of what we're trying to uh, dive into here. And so, uh, guys, what do you think? What's your first thoughts? Dude, so... I think, first of all, I mean, this kind of will sound like a joke, but it is a legit problem for me. I uh, love the song Remix Ignition. Like, yep. I love that song. 
How does that go again? And I haven't heard it in a long time, Gabe. How does well, that go? The thing, I don't know if I can sing it. YouTube or okay, I'm sorry. Pandora. I was just trying. I was just trying to goad Gabe into singing so we could sing together again. It was we just have a lot of chemistry and harmony when that happens. So that's okay. I'm sorry. Continue, yeah, Gabe. I'm sorry. Gabe, I you were singing. I was just saying, like I and so well, so legitimately. I mean, like and and this and it is actually a little bit different because even as you were talking, like you know. Tom, you you threw Michael Jackson in kind of next R. Kelly in in this instance, and and I think you're probably right. All the evidence seems to point that way that that he's did some horrific things to kids. Um, however, th this again I think actually adds to the conversation is to say like he wasn't ever convicted of anything, uh, and so it's like and he can't be now. You know he's dead. So like, yeah. what what do you do then? Where it's like, well, some people said this. It seems legit, but. There's plenty of people that are like, no, these guys made this up. It's all BS, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so there's a little bit of like gray area that way is to say like, do you have to wait until someone's convicted or is even the suspicion alone um, like worth considering? Yeah. Whereas R. Kelly's officially been convicted. So that's like where it's like problematic, where it's like that song's awesome. Uh, and and so am I just not allowed to listen to it anymore because this dude did terrible things? Well, and so, it's not just limited to like the the music world either. Like I was just uh, they uh, ESPN just had a thirty for thirty on Michael Vick recently, right? And Vick like got caught up in a dog fighting ring. You know, that's like I mean I'm a dog lover, and I think it's pretty horrific. Yeah. And yet, you know what I mean? Like he pretty much. I mean, Tom, you probably know more about this than I do, but I don't think he was really ever welcomed back into the NFL after that happened and even people started to question um, his earlier career in light of his actions and behaviors, you know, it's like, yeah, you get caught up in something stupid. So at what point does getting caught up in something or, or making some really poor decisions when it comes to especially children, um, well, then, then influence so, stuff that you, that you used to listen to or like before you had this awakening to information. Right. So there's, there's an entire spectrum here and, and it's fascinating to me because we do this with, you brought up sports. We do this with sports where Ray Rice knocks his girlfriend out and he's done in the league forever. And rightfully so. Like, that, yep, absolutely. Kareem Hunt a year and a half ago. I, and please, for, again, listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to draw a distinction here. So like, let's take it for what it's worth. He lightly kicked one in a, a woman in a hallway i'm not condoning that action either but it was it was way less of offense than what ray rice did to his to his wife in in, no, in the elevator and we're all kind of like okay that was bad and he got an eight game ban and he's back and we're all kind of like okay even the kobe bryant stuff which has been so fascinating i was actually in la for the three days right after he died oh wow and everybody i mean everybody was absolutely stunned and heartbroken and things like that i mean and i'm kobe bryant R.I.P. Oh, absolutely. But I was like, but we all remember 2008, right? Like, are we just going to gloss over that? And we largely like, have. He was acquitted. He, he settled. But a lot of the I, conversation, I mean, even yeah. on the Kobe thing, like. It, it was he, bought, he bought his wife a gigantic ring that was basically an apology. And so, but, like. Well, but see, Tom, but he like, turned himself around. So, like, I'm I'm all on the Kobe. Well, not only did he turn himself around, but I think what we have to think about in this conversation too, for better or for worse, is uh, when I was listening to some of the Kobe uh, coverage, right? And you had people then bringing up this this acquittal from a decade, almost two, a decade and a half ago, 
mm-hmm. was they were th- like these sports writers and beat writers were bringing up then, okay, so we have the luxury in a sense uh, of looking back at that event through the lens of like the Me Too movement, right? Whereas it yeah. wouldn't, it wasn't that big of a deal back then simply because the, the cultural moment was slightly different. There was uh, a, a less lack of awareness. There's a lack, less lack of uh, willingness to, to talk about these types of things, right. In a really sort of like straightforward, direct way. And so I think like, even with R Kelly or, or with any other situation, right. Hindsight is always 2020. And that to me is sort of the crux of the issue. It's kind of like, okay, I bought 10 albums of a particular artist, or I watched and followed someone's entire career for 20 years. And then this significant event happens, right. Is that, does that serve as impetus to then discard, trash, or throw away all achievements, all rooting, all fandom, uh, all support, or even purchase of paraphernalia or music or art or whatever, right? I think to me that's sort of at the heart of the question is once a significant event happens, is then that sort of a retroactive non-starter for that individual? Well, I I mean, that's a great question. I also think of it too in terms of – what we hear in in their music like let's let's just take the music yeah so you have um you have country music stars who are talking about let's get this girl a little tipsy and then take her home Uh, okay you know like that doesn't seem right but then you also have like to borrow a phrase from my friend tom that sounds rapey (laughs) yeah but then but then you also have um, Josh, I know you're going to jump on this, but like you have rap albums that are talking about just straight up murder and hoes, you know? And so like, and we're like, eh, we'll listen to that. But then R Kelly actually did a thing and we're saying no. So like, where's our gray area? We're okay. We're okay. Listening to it. If, if it's like, oh, but they didn't really do those things, you know? Well, well do you think some of it is some of it has to do with the and it's not an excuse but some of it has to do with the preference and tolerance of the listener right because like i've heard some hardcore songs you know that talk about like stabbing people in the face and stuff right yeah like pantera back in the day and it's sort of like you could listen to that and be like okay cool this rocks and not even give a rip about what is actually being conveyed. Or you can be on the opposite end of the spectrum and you're like, yeah, I can listen to this hip hop all day long. And sure, it's misogynistic uh, and, and perhaps a bit violent at times, but you know, whatever, like it, it, it sick doesn't beat. Yeah. It, or, you know, it doesn't bother me as much, or I can be that country guy who likes to listen to all this stuff, you know, knowing full well that the lyrics aren't as wholesome as, as most of society would like to believe that they are, but it's just not going to bother me. So, is there a way to separate preference and personal tolerance from then just like a generic standard of support, whether we should or not? Well, well okay. So when... it's, it's two tracks. It's two tracks. We have, we have music and we'll, we'll, we'll throw books and things like that that are talking about things that we probably disapprove of in, in our regular everyday lives. And we're willing to have a certain threshold. Like I'm willing to go up to insane clown posse. And then that's my line. You know, that's just line. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right. Tom's a juggalo, everyone. <laughs> like anything goes for Tom. Holy who had, crap. Who, had, who was wearing parachute pants in high school? Tom was. But like, okay. So, so that's one thing, but then you, but then you have the track of people that have actually done things like Cosby show. We're done with 
R. Kelly, we're done with. But then, like, guy who cheats on his wife, Kobe Bryant. Like, well, no, let's not throw Kobe because that 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 is a, a that was a forced thing. But let's just take an athlete who cheated on their wife, kind of thing. Which is we're still willing like sixty to- percent of them, to be honest. I mean, I'm not like trying to be a jerk, but like most people who reach this level of success are not the most moral. Like there's a reason you end up right. There. Yeah. Like in, in, I mean, in cinema, I mean, who were they just talking about uh, after the Oscars? You know, I forget who it was. It was some individual that, oh, it was uh, Kirk Douglas who, you know, who yeah, played Spartacus yeah. and that, and they were like referencing the dude had like six affairs. Yeah. Our, our yeah, yeah. man, right. by the way, he died last week. Did he Did really? You yeah. yeah. I had yes, no idea. Gabe, he did. Oh my, oh, Gabe. You know what? Where's where's your TMZ? If you're on Twitter, if you're on the Twitterverse, why aren't you following TMZ for up to the minute Dude, news? I follow Paparazzi three photos? things on Twitter. I follow soccer Twitter, I follow Catholic Twitter, and I follow <laughs> RIP Andrew Yang. That's it. So so Catholic have, Twitter's a great follow though, but carry on. So we have these two tracks, and I'm more interested. I'm like, it is kind of a fascinating thing of like what we're willing to listen to. You know, it nice little country music, yeah, whatever, you know, but as soon as it moves into the into the rap verse, you know, like that's something different. But I'm more interested in this separating art from artists because right. um let's take this to another level because we've kind of talked about like, well, they're acquitted or they didn't they weren't okay. We've all listened to a podcast called uh Nice Try. Yeah. And it's a couple different episodes about uh people or or cultures that have tried to make a utopia uh in in different ways and one of them uh talks about uh the nazis and adolf hitler's uh big idea was to have this amazing airport commerce center everything would come what it would be the hub of berlin and germany and everything and he had an architect build this quite amazing and stunningly beautiful airport it it is quite amazing yeah but it was commissioned by paid for by and designed by nazis the nazis and the funny thing when i was when nazis you know i'm glad he finally got an oscar by the way like he has deserved an oscar several times over and he finally got one hitler no brad pitt i think brad pitt is the best actor of all time period Whoa! Yeah, yeah whoa, you can at me. No, what? I'm serious. Oh, like, bull. gun to my head. If someone's like, who's the best actor of all time? I'm telling you, it's Brad Pitt. Rebel Wilson? I guarantee yeah. Who? I know who that is. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just trying to trip you up, Gabe. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Gabe. Not only is I have a little boy crush on him, but like... How could you yeah. not? Yeah, I mean, he's Johnny a beautiful Depp? person. Okay, Tom, go on with your Nazi thing. No, no, okay, so... So the interesting piece about this podcast is the hosts of the podcast were like kind of they were stunned that people that Germans Germans nowadays um because it's kind of become like a big park it's kind of become a gathering place um they were stunned that people didn't want to tear this thing down right and my whole thing on that was like well like no atrocities were like committed at the airport Yeah. In in fact, the Americans before it before it was even used as an airport, the Americans uh we ended up taking over Berlin and we used the airport to stage uh food drops and and whatnot across Germany, right, you know, and into Russia and things where people needed it. Uh yeah. so if anything, the airport 
in its actual use has been used for good, but it was again, commissioned, designed and paid for by Nazis. And so you immediately say, Nazis are the worst human beings of all time. Um, everything needs to go. Even yeah. though there was some, some legitimately good art and architecture that was done by Nazis. So, yeah. So here's the thing with that, right? Like, I, I feel like that's, in my mind, pretty easy to get around. Like, people still drive Volkswagens. Like, yeah. Volkswagen for the people. Like, I mean, like, it's... So, so to me, in one sense, like it's like, but that is interesting to say, like a business, like it's like a business endeavor or architecture gets this sort of free pass. Come, art right. doesn't necessarily. Oh, we can have the whole pass. fight over architecture. Like, I wonder if there's something in the same, but let's not go there. Yeah, I mean, let's not. Um, I mean, it, okay, fine. But, like, yeah, but, but no, you're right. You're right. I mean, and and so to say, I mean, I wonder if there's something to the intimacy to the creator. Uh, and it's, and it's then, uh, utility, right? So like a, a song written by some, someone comes from that person is the idea, right? Yeah. No, and I, so, uh, ooh, no, keep going. And then I have something to say. Okay. So then like, whereas, I mean, and obviously I guess like, you know, the arch the chief architect of this air airport, like was a Nazi, but like. And, and, you know, it came from no. him in a way, but obviously it's a team, you know, no, let, let me put it, let me put it this way. Hitler wanted this airport so that he could spread his ideas and his, um, his idea of society that more easily spread it through this airport. The architect made it, the buildings are actually built in such a way that it looks like this spread uh, wings of an eagle, which was the Nazi symbol. And so, like in every way, shape, or form, this is this is in the embodiment of Nazi ideals and culture. I mean, sort, but that's the thing, right? A, you can reclaim it, right? Like America's a pretty big fan of eagles too, you know. So it's just yeah, like, yeah. yo, we'll take the eagle; it's ours, not yours anymore, Nazis. Yeah. Okay, listen. I, I think the Nazi thing that that's. I think it's always too easy to jump to something as as prolific yeah, right. as right. as Nazism, right? I think something, Gabe, you said is really fascinating to me about sort of where the art comes from, the place that it comes from, from the artist itself. Um, and what came to first to my mind was like Kurt Cobain. Okay? He wasn't ever uh, accused or or convicted of anything heinous. But the dude mm -hmm. like struggled really, really intensely with like depression and drug use. And that mm -hmm. informed his music in such a way that then it becomes then it became celebrated, right? You almost had this like cult following of Nirvana as this entirely new genre of dealing with these like really deep issues, right? So like people enjoyed themselves while listening to music like this. And I think we find it across the spectrum. You have artists who have really dark corners of their hearts and their lives like we all do. And that's where so oftentimes the best music comes from, right? Right. And so we 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 pick and choose and we say, okay, here's this like very public, very offensive event or conviction or whatever, right? R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, the Nazis, you name it. But we don't ever really highlight then sort of the the from a Christian perspective, the deep trouble and distortion and evil of like celebrating someone's music that comes from this like intense despair and brokenness. 
And so I think for me, part of it is like, okay, it's, it's, there are obvious and easy ones. Like yeah. maybe we should separate the artists, right? But when you look at a lot of art, either music art, fine art, you know, public art or whatever, I really feel like if we're going to go down this path, then we, then we can't just like cut the lines as, as fine as we want to. Like there, there's going to be so much blurriness and, and gray area between that of like, so then what do we support? Well, so here's the thing though, like. I think it's it's a little bit easier, like so take like Kurt Cobain, whatever. Like art should, uh, you know, when it's done well, reveal truth, reveal truth and beauty, right? And and so it's like, and the best way to reveal truth is to actually go into the darkness to to kind of shine a light within the darkness to to be vulnerable about like the crap that goes on in one's life like that ends up being a pretty beautiful thing so so to me it's like we just wouldn't have art if we didn't do that because we wouldn't have honesty and sure. honesty creates good art so like that's fair I think you need that that that's fair but but we can say that with art right but to use an example i'm going to preempt an example you were going to bring up right from with bill hybels from willow creek slick willy slick <laughs> slick willy slick billy um well yeah. No one calls him that. <laughs> no, no, no. And as a matter of fact, a slick Willie got him into trouble. Um, <laughs> all right. We, we finally got that right? guys. But, but to your, to your description that from the depths of kind of darkness comes, you know, good art, right? Well, mm -hmm. we would say as theologians, uh, particularly Christian ones, that from the depth of the darkness of heart comes true repentance. And then therefore we see the prime example of like forgiveness and redemption. Unless we confront the darkness, then we never see the beauty of of God's redemption, right? Now, yeah. So we have two things working here with someone like Bill Hybels or, or someone else, like even Mark Driscoll or any other, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, public, uh, public offense or public church affair leader, like a church leader, right? Yeah. It's sort of like okay, so so Bill Hybels has an affair, an affair, and and he commits adultery, like that's a place of deep darkness, right? So yep. then if he comes back and says, there's beauty in this because out of repentance, true repentance comes forgiveness. From a theological perspective, we're saying yes. From a scriptural perspective, we're saying yes. But then from a public perspective, we're saying, nah, bro, we're done with you. No, your 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 leadership, you know, trainings, your your resources you provide to the church are no longer as legitimate, as valid, or as valued as they once were. So why so do we make that distinction then in those situations? Versus sort of giving an artist a pass because, well, that's where the best art comes from. I will, I will speak to this because, and I'm going to point back to the discussion that we had and none of you got to listen to, but it was really fascinating, at least to me, because we, at the beginning of our, our original episode, Gabe made a pretty strong statement that he would never listen to Bill Hybels or use any of his material ever again, right? To your point, Josh, it delegitimized what he's done, Right. And as we got to talking about it and through it, you know, you bring up this point of like, okay, we can this out of this comes this beauty of forgiveness and things like that. And isn't that what you guys preach all the time is like, we're sinful. We do these things, but we are also forgiven through Christ. We should forgive one another. And so why aren't we forgiving Bill Hybels? And I made the point, like, I know why, like, we're really sticking to the, sticking to this on Bill Hybels, especially for YouTube, because it's within your realm of what you do for a living. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think there is a mandate. That's the thing. It's bigger than that. Cause it is like in particular for those in the pastoral office, it's like, 
or leadership in the church in general, actually, I think it's, it's broader than just pastoral office IMO, uh, but is like, yo, if you're going to put yourself in leadership in church, like good for you, but like, it's a higher expectation. And if you beef up, it's not like you're not saved or, you know, whatever, but it's like, you, it's not just like, oh, it's fine. You get a free pass. Like, it's like, you can't do it as a leader. You just can't. Like you disqualify yourself from ministry. So you disqualify yourself from the office. Listen, and, I, and, I, I get the and, and that's where things. and that's where I would argue, and that's where I argue because you're placing you're placing more importance on one sin versus the other. You right, know, and, and that's where, where, I was gonna where say, have so you like, screwed up elsewhere? Right. So, so I think that Gabe, but I don't I, sin, Tom. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. I forgot yeah, about that yeah, one. We've yeah. arrived. We've arrived. Thank you. Okay. 612-208-6258. Thanks everyone. <laughs> it's been a great episode. Uh, we're done. No. Um, I mean, Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there are, there are certain sermons and certain weeks that I'm preparing to preach where I'm like just taking a really hard look at my, my own self, right. And the things that I struggle with and yeah. they, they do truly and deeply inform the message I'm delivering to the people of my church. Right. Yes. Like yes. that happens. You know what I mean? So like most weeks, yeah, mo most weeks. Right. And so, so yeah. this is sort of the trouble to, or the tension, I guess that exists with, with what you said and what I completely agree with. We have a tolerance for Oh, pastor's being real this week because he was an awful husband for the last six days, and he's sharing that he was an awful husband in this sermon on Sunday versus a very public exposure of sin like a extramarital affair. You know what I mean? And so like to me, there is some tension in that because it's sort of like, okay, we'll, we'll tolerate pastor dealing with this stuff like in the shadows in his office in the darkness and then just kind of giving us little glimpses into it on Sunday versus then when someone gets caught out in public, Oh, all right, game over. Now I'm not saying yeah. I condone what Bill Hobbles does. I actually am a firm believer that to everything you just said, you screw yeah. up that bad. Like that's a wrap. You know what I mean? And you got to own up to that. But and, to me, there still exists some tension. And it's not that there isn't like paths of repentance and restoration. Like the, the, they do exist. Um, but it's like, so, you know, one that's actually a bit more personal to me is like Darren Patrick. Not many of our listeners will know who that is, but Josh and I both do. He was a, a fairly prolific church planter and pastor in St. Louis, uh, not from our tribe, from a, a different church body. But at any rate, uh, but wrote some books, just and a phenomenal preacher, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then it like came out that he's kind of abusing power, sort of bullying people, um, didn't have official affairs but was having some inappropriate, maybe emotional affairs with some women in his congregation, blah, blah, blah. And so he ends up getting the boot from uh, from his church. And, and I think rightfully so. Um, but he's walked like a pretty serious path of like repentance and like owning up to stuff and like kind of was like, yeah, this is where I messed up. This is what I did. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, whatever. And there's been you know, a church and, you know, some mega church in South Carolina, because Lord knows we need more there. Um, at any rate, um, who like welcomed him in as a teaching pastor and like, he's doing that. And like, I'm kind of okay with that. Like he's walked through it. He's owned it. He's repented and he's got some authority over him. And, but, but if Bill Hybels did all those same things, you wouldn't be okay with it. I, I might be actually, I might be more okay with it. But he I, hasn't done that. All he's done is denied allegations well, well, and made about, a bunch of what sure, about when Tully, sure. What about when Tully and Chavigian went through that, Gabe? I remember you and I were at the seminary 
uh, or, yeah. or had just gotten out. I can't remember the timeline exactly when, when that situation kind of happened. And you and I, if I recall correctly, both had a pretty adverse reaction to any, like any inkling of him returning to public ministry. Yeah. Here's the difference with him though, to be honest, is like, he did it, repented. Great. And then like four other women came forward and were like, yeah, he also hooked up with me. And so it was like, he repented of this one instance that he got busted for. And then like mm-hmm. the fuller reality came out. It's like, dude, you just BSed everyone. So that's me. I'm like, okay, that's you, fair. you've broken so much trust. Like sure. that's me. Yeah. Would be the no, that's fair. That's fair. But it, it, so this is just fascinating to me in, in listening to you guys talk about several different instances where you have people who are very clearly caught in a very public sin versus the other guy, Patrick. Darren. Yeah, that Darren Patrick. Like, yeah, did a bunch of like, eh, kind of like squeamishy things. You know, I'm thinking of it in terms of like, what if you had a pastor who completely misappropriated like thousands of dollars in their congregation, you know, and was like taking some of that money? Oh, that's bad, right? What if you had a pastor who was like not doing their due diligence on a big donor or deal or something like that and cost their congregation millions of dollars because they didn't do their due diligence and their homework on it? Is there a difference? Are we yeah. are we are we okay with that? Are we okay yeah. with the pastor who just is a bad pastor and or just like phones it in for sermons or is you know like where, where's our line? Yeah, I think there's a difference between like I think there's a difference of moral culpability between um, intentional uh, immoral behavior and just uh, ignorance and bad at your job like like there's a difference there now is there gross incompetence that actually then fleshes into maybe a more moral issue where it's like dude you should learn and like think a little bit perhaps but i think there there is a a quantifiable difference there between like yeah you're just an idiot who got like you just made a bad decision with working with this i don't know construction company on your church uh as opposed to like i'm intentionally like i don't know skimming off the offering plate Right, right. But so like I, I know that I know the argument that you're gonna make of comparing someone of the clergy because that's kind of where we end up in getting to a, in a lot of these episodes is that is that when it comes to matters of theology and faith, like that is the end all and be all. And so you can't really compare it to other things. But like to bring up the Kobe thing again, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, I think we all know he did something that was not right. He apologized to his wife. And then from what I can tell with his career and with after his career and the family man that he became and like really pushing for like young girls in, in, and their rights and their, and and their opportunities and things like that really, it, it really looks like, Oh, he, he made a mistake and it was a bad mistake and he did everything in his power to atone for that. Right. So real quick, I mean, to me, right. And I think that's fine. Right. I think that it's yeah. like, Right. But I just want to be clear, though, like. He was acquitted of because this and this is where maybe we need to get to is like him having an affair is one thing, right? Like that's an immoral behavior. It's not good, but like whatever. I don't expect him to be perfect. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he does his thing, gets back on track. But if you like raped someone like that's a that's a bigger deal. You know what I mean? It it absolutely is. And so, like, I don't know if we want to go down the down the road here of like 
what what sins like necessitate like you should have been locked up forever like we could we could talk about that but and, and maybe that's the point of this episode well, then, I don't like, know. we talk about like, like cancel culture right where it's like um you know like lucy k is like back out on tour as a comedian right after you know much allegations were yeah. and he's like going against it like he's he's like this cancel culture stuff is nonsense like i did some like inappropriate stuff but i didn't hurt anyone whatever um and he's like it's bs blah 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 and so like there's this question of cancel culture like what what does that mean and and when are we as a society too quick to cancel and when are we not quick enough to cancel and and like and then as christians and like what does that mean like what's the line and 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 do i care like i'm kind of like i and then again that gets us back into the whole like what art and what leaders should we be listening to and looking to anyways? Um, well, so, and, and so that's where we bring the faith thing into it of like you two, both of you, not the band. I thought you were talking about the band. I was like, Bono's yeah. all right. I think yeah, he's fine. No, <laughs> the, the edge of, though. Look out for that guy. All right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the both of you get up every Sunday and preach repentance and forgiveness, right? Sure. And so when someone does something, we are to forgive. And so cancel culture or or whatever you want to call it, when you say like, oh, are we too quick to say, no, you're dead to me forever? Well, the, isn't the thing you're preaching like, nope, that's not how it should well, be. Within, well, should well, within the forgive. body, within the body, yes, because Paul talks about restoring, <clears throat> restoring, a, you know, the, the the repentant in with gentleness or in gentleness. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. we're going to acknowledge within the body, within the church, within the, the local community of faith, or even like a national community of faith, whatever you want to say, however you want to define it, that there's, there's a, there's a tie, right? There's this, there's this sinew that connects them and connects you to them, which is Christ himself. And you know, the, the spirit of God moving in that place. And so if someone comes to you, as a pastor or as a brother or sister in the faith with, with heartfelt and true repentance, then yeah, you're supposed to not only forgive them, but restore them with gentleness. Right. I think it's different when it comes to a public figure, an unrepentant person, um, you know, someone that you don't have that relationship to because you can't just off offer like carte blanche, you know, uh, like, Oh, that person said, I'm sorry. Like, Really, were they? Because to your earlier point, Gabe, if Tolian truly was repentant, he would have been like, Hey, you know what? This wasn't the only one. I need right. to confess this, right? And so to give just kind of carte blanche, like, oh, cool, you're good now, is is a slightly different conversation when you're speaking with a parishioner or a brother or sister in the faith than with a public figure that you may or may not have any of the actual details or the fullness of the details available to you. Well, well okay, so, what, so let's say, Kobe, what difference? So he didn't offend me. Right. So he the question was, is, right. he was acquitted through the law and everything. Yeah, yeah. He made settlement payment. So apparently that's his forgiveness to that person. He bought a big ring for his wife, who he's still married to and had four beautiful children with. And like, for all intents and purposes, it seemed like everyone for yeah. the people closest to him forgave him. I don't yeah. need to forgive him. That's right. Who cares? Can I, no, yeah. can I still be a fan? Yes. Because here's the thing. The question is like, what's yours to forgive and what's not yours to forgive, right? Right. Right. So that that's the thing is like, and so take R. Kelly, like it, in the sense, 
in one sense, like he's not necessarily mine to con. I don't want to say that. I was going to say he's not necessarily mine to condemn, but he might be. Uh, but he's definitely not mine to forgive. Uh, in that, like he didn't actually wrong me. He wronged these young women, and I think it's horrific. And so it's to say, like, um. I, I can't be like, well, yeah, I preach forgiveness. And so you, I should forgive this guy, but he didn't wrong me. So I don't need to forgive him. It's not me that needs to forgive him. And so it's not really my deal, but it is to say, do I support the victims who, who got like, who were assaulted and harmed and abused by this man? Am, am I ignoring their hurt and their pain and their suffering? If I continue to, if I, I mean, for a fact, if I stream remix him on Spotify, he gets some money from that or someone does that's yeah. connected to him. And so that's where it's like, am I then supporting him at the expense of these, these young women who were hurt deeply by him? Yeah. Like that's the, so it's like, it's, he's not mine to forgive. And so it's like, am I going to, is, am I by listening to him, then neglecting standing in solidarity with those he's wronged? I don't know if we're going to answer that one. I mean, I, I really I, don't. In one I mean, sense, you could maybe. Take the same, well, I mean, you could take the same approach with the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. I mean, it's a totally, yeah. he's not an artist, but he's a Supreme Court judge. And so it's like, okay, so then if I now tacitly support decisions by the Supreme Court or in public say, oh, well, you know what? They're the highest, you know, judicial body in America. So I guess we just have to listen to them. Then to your line of reasoning, are you then uh not standing in as much solidarity with Christine Blasey Ford as maybe you should. You know what I mean? Conviction or yeah. not. Or uh, you know, like I don't think he actually got convicted of it, but accusation. Well, I think that's is- actually a pretty big difference though. I mean to be honest, I'm not I'm not weighing in on that decision. I'm just saying in the general idea of this conversation, conviction does seem to make a pretty big difference here. Okay. I will say this, and I'm not gonna take this completely off topic. I will just say that recently in my personal and professional life in the last few weeks, I have legitimate concerns about the validity and veracity of conviction versus non-conviction, uh, plea versus non-plea, and our actual du- judicial process on whether or not that actually means anything at all. I've seen I mean, some, might severe, be... I'm seeing some, mm. some severe dysfunction, yeah. and so part of yeah. me says, I get yeah. what you're saying, but at the same time, like that's sort of at the heart of the issue. If, yeah. well, if we overlook, if, if we sort of give credence and and like in, incredible weight to this system, then perhaps we overlook then the interpersonal offense, <laughs> sin, you know, accusation, condemnation, yeah. conviction, whatever, however we want to define that. But so, and that does cut both ways, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where there are people who are unjustly convicted and people who unjustly get off scot-free. 100%. Right? Like it, it cuts, yes. cuts yes, both ways. Absolutely. 100%. And that's what makes it problematic because it is like, I mean, honestly, Josh, you or I, Tom as well, like it could happen tomorrow where someone's like, yo, Pastor Gabe did this horrible thing to me. And like, I didn't, I promised I didn't. Okay. But like, it doesn't matter once that's out. Right. And so then it's like, well, I would want to be treated fairly. But what does that even mean when we don't know whether or not convictions are valid? 
I think before we jump too far down our justice system and things like that, it, yeah, yeah. What what I continue to hear is that it is just this fantastic, and I use that as just a term for large gray area of we individually have to kind of figure out what we're comfortable with and what we're not. I mean, I fundamentally, I spoiler alert, I fundamentally disagree with every last thing that our current president says, does, or enacts. I just disagree with it. I still pay my taxes. I still live here in America. So like, it's just, to me, that's the same thing as like, but I'm not going to listen to, I'm not going to listen to the next Michael Jack. You does know, Janet like, know, I'm not, does, Dan, does Janet know this, Tom? Yeah, she's fairly aware. Um, and Sorry, we're working Janet. on her. Um, but like, Sorry, such a disappointment. We've been working <laughs> on it. Sorry, Janet. My goodness. But, but like, all but, darn liberals. But we, we've all got like this, this, this line that we're not willing to cross. There's some things that we can make the argument. Like, I can't believe you won't listen to R Kelly because of those reasons, but like you still go to Catholic church. You understand what's going on in the Catholic church. Right. Right. You know? So like, I mean, again, it is like this like degree of sin for lack of, I mean, because I mean, because literally someone like the, I'm not a perfect person. Right. So it could be like, you know, that like Gabe's kind of a dick sometimes, like yeah. you shouldn't listen to him preach. Like yeah. that's accurate, actually. But that's different uh, from and, you killing somebody. Right. I mean, so but then what's the line? You know, like well, no, so okay. Is I it mean, is that financial malfeasance or is it well no? So doing- here's I, I will say we do have I'll only speak for us Lutherans because that's what we are. We do have some helpful distinctions of like and law and, and gospel. And, <laughs> yeah, yes, law and gospel, but also willing to acknowledge the paradox of sin, right? That on the one hand, that that really terrible, like usually used as an excuse, um, you know, saying of like, well, all sin is the same to God. Like, yes, all sin is repulsive to God, okay? But it's equally condemnable, yeah. Yes, it's equally condemnable. But when it comes to the left-hand kingdom, when it comes to civility when it comes to political life when it comes to public horizontal life, righteousness horizontal yeah. righteousness yes all those other distinctions there are actually degrees of sin me right. lying to you and saying you know what tom i actually like you when i don't <laughs> is different than <laughs> than me going tomorrow and running someone over with my car like there mm-hmm. is a fundamental difference within the the, yeah. the horizontal function and interpersonality and interactions of humanity with one another uh that that doesn't necessarily like translate as cleanly as we want it to be and so like yes i think the answer is okay there are degrees and and varying and we, we can differentiate sin in a pretty obvious way for the most part right yeah uh-huh. But what we have to be careful of is then, I think at least in this conversation, is then taking it to an extreme by saying, okay, I'm going to equate R. Kelly with Brett Kavanaugh with the Nazis. Right. No, you're right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Man, finally I said something right. Jeez Louise. How many episodes in are we? 60-something episodes? My gosh. Wow. I'm I'm slow clapping for myself here, people. I think... (laughs) I should tell you something. Leave it here because I. Yeah, we got wrap. We got wrap. Yeah, I, mean, I say I mean, we I... take a vote. I say I say we take a vote. Let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll take a vote on whether or not we listen to R. Kelly anymore. Okay, deal. Oh. And also, let me add this: take a vote 
a good listener. If I don't know if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, if you'd want us to talk more about this, if you have some thoughts, uh, 612-208-6258. That's not I'm like really just curious. like plug. We just are honestly curious what y'all think about it. We, we think of the PGP as a family. And so uh, we'd love to have you part of the family discussion. So uh, let us know if you want us to talk about this more. Uh, but let's head to break right meow. Meow, meow. You hate cats, though. I hate cats so much. So since I led us into the break by promising we would take a vote, never would I ever choose to intentionally disappoint you, the good listener of Pine Class Preachers. So here we go. We're going to take a vote. Ready? Three, two, one. Yay or nay on. No, I'm just kidding. Fake out. We're going to cop out and we're going to say you, the listener, you're the one who has to take the vote. See how I flipped (laughs) that script right there? It's called power dynamics. I have the power of editing. So 612-208-6258. You've heard us ramble on long enough, get caught up in the weeds, and run down rabbit trails. So we really, truly do want to hear back from you about whether or not any of this even made sense. Um, you know, are you willing to take a stand when it comes to media or music or even politics uh, and the public life of, of people that maybe you don't have a relationship with? You know, what is that defining line? What is that demarcator? What has to actually happen to cause you to fundamentally shift your opinion about a particular individual? So please share with us. 612-208-6258. Good to be with y'all, friends. We love you. We trust you. Make good decisions. That was such an awful bait and switch that we just pulled on you. We're so sorry, listeners. But we're hey, not that sorry. We're not that sorry because oh, you know why? We're not even mediocre yet. No. Although we did get a text that said, quote, you're getting better. After three years, we're getting better. So that means like better. a year 10 will hit mediocrity, right? I can't even wait. You know, it's something to strive for. Something to strive for, boys. All right. All right, friends. We love you all. Best wishes for continued success. Gute Nacht. <laughs>